And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Portsville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.org in the high deserts of California, bringing us today's topic on The Master Key. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those, you're uh, signed up at the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat? Oh, our Conjurman Ali. Hi, yes, I'm going to step in here. Uh, I think we'll have Kat joining us in just a moment. Thank you for that wonderful uh, introduction, Papa Newt. As always, you know, your uh, stalwart guide in our show. Um, I'm going to start off with a little bit of uh, updates on my end, and hopefully by that time, uh, Kat will uh, arrive, and she can give us some updates of what's going on at Lucky Mojo and on her neck of the woods. So what I've been up to uh, recently is I just finished, as as I spoke about a few weeks ago, uh, the cleaning of my altar. So I start every kind of fall, I do some serious cleansing of my altars, cleaning out uh, the dust, cleaning out you know the wax that builds up, and they start to look nice and pretty and presentable uh, once more. But then uh, once I do that, it begins a series of kind of it coincides with offerings to the spirits that I work with. So I did a lot of work with Saint Cyprian this past month in September. October is the month that I dedicate. Uh, quite heavily to working with Santissima Muerte, uh, another very powerful spirit that I uh, work with, and then uh, working with my, uh, in the Kimbanda tradition, with the Eshus and the Bambajiru. So it's been uh, a kind of uh, interesting series of, uh, you know, beginning of fall for me, if you will. Uh, I start off with cleaning the altars and then rededicating them and then doing offerings to the spirits that I work with. And that takes a period of a, of a few months. So by the time November comes around, we're looking at a, a kind of a three-month process uh, of cleansing the altars, rededicating and making a, a series of offerings. And that takes quite a bit uh, of time. But that's my uh, update on, on my end, just doing some spiritual work. I think Kat has joined us. I'm going to turn this over to her and find out what updates are going on in her neck of the woods. Hi. Hi. Hello. I'm so Welcome. sorry I'm late, guys. I was packing up um, devil shoestrings. And um, and I have to say, if Gray Townsend is listening, Gray, these devil shoestrings are for you. These are for the Ravenswing Magical Company down in um, Oakland. And uh, they also have another shop up north. And they needed a lot of devil shoestrings. Um, and Gray's the guy who does the covers for most of our books. So I always want to make sure he gets the right devil shoestrings. 
So I'm here. Uh, we also had fabulous drop-in visitors, Mary Thompson and Cherie, and these are friends of mine from the old comic book days. But Mary also has taken my course and graduated from the apprenticeship, this last apprenticeship, and she's now going to be setting up to have a professional uh, practice of her own. So we, they were watching me pack devil shoestrings and kind of urging me on. So anyway, I'm here now. That's what we've been doing. Um, and um, uh, just to let Shiva know, because he was asking in the chat room, um, can we um, can we hear it in the shop, the radio show in the shop? And um, no, Nikki was unable to get the sound to run in the shop. So you might want to um, give her a little look in if you can, um, you know, while we're talking or something, or call down. Yeah, she was unable to, and she tried with both browsers, but you know how it is. So, phew. <laughs> I have to say, um, today turned out to be a pretty day. It started off wet and drizzly, and so we didn't even run trains. But um, we, it, the sun has come out, and we are doing our little thing. And the only other news from the shop, just to let people know what's going on, is we are still working on this upgrade. I get, you guys are probably getting tired of me saying this every week. We are still working on the upgrade of the Lucky Mojo Forum. And now um, the most recent thing uh, we've been doing is Nagashiva uh, has started to edit the FAQ, the Frequently Asked Questions, which is part of the forum. And we inherited this plain vanilla FAQ along with the software about um, nine years ago. <laughs> and uh, and now, we are, since we've taken the forum in our own direction, he rewrote the fact, and I'm sitting around editing it, in bizarre PHP BB code that's like almost ununderstandable code. So it's a whole new coding system. And... Um, yeah, and we are also, as he put into the notes here, the terms and conditions of the use of the site plus the rules of the site have already been revised, and um, we are now beginning the resurrection of the accidentally deleted users. And I have to explain what this is because this is, this is the shameful burden I have been bearing now for a number of years. So I was in the back end of the forum, I don't know how many years ago, probably uh, five years ago, four, well, I mean, less than that, three, four years ago. And it said, would you like to prune inactive users? Mm. And I said, you know, I would. That sounds good. What is pruning? I don't prune them. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so I hit yes. And then it said, are you sure you'd like to do this? There is no going back. And at that moment, I really should have stopped. But I said, no, man, I'm going to prune them. And I did, and I deleted I deleted about 1,200 people from the forum. Oh, um, dear. Oh, yes. Because what I didn't ask was the question, what does it mean, inactive? And it had been set so that if they hadn't posted in the last three weeks, they were deleted. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, I just deleted half my friends. Now, the smarter and, and more bold ones got angry, and um, and they came back and they said, I'm just going to start a new account. But they were angry because their old posts were no longer connected to them. 
And um, so we've been slowly over the years hand merging the deleted people, but you have to do it one post at a time. You can't take the whole batch because they've gone into this hash pile called deleted users, right? So we found this wonderful man, Wilson Logan in Scotland, who said, I can resurrect the dead. And And he is, if you ever had an account at the forum and it went away, it's going to be back. It, it may not mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to me because it's like undoing something terrible I did by mistake. So that's my news. But I don't know when the resurrection will happen. I may be still talking about it tomorrow and the next week and the months to come. But eventually that resurrection will happen, and all the, the it'll be like the last judgment card in the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck. They'll all be back. <laughs> and praising <laughs> praising the angel Wilson Logan, who blows the trumpet and resurrects them. So Shiva says here, it's already started. A hundred or so of them are now live. Wow. Yeah. And Wilson is the guy who took the old Yahoo groups that we had and transferred those messages into the forum. Oh, 100 are alive out of 2,600. Oh, I was wrong. It wasn't just 1,200. Shit. It was (laughs) 2,600. Yeah. Okay. So my apologies to everyone whose account got deleted. There was no hatred involved, only stupidity. Um, so people are lighting white and white. People are lighting white candles on top of the uh, resurrection cards. <laughs> yes. So anyway, well, today we have as our guest the wonderful, the only, the fabulous Deacon Millet of Baltimore and points west um the uh, the the uh, deacon millet formerly of the california high desert now of baltimore and bi-coastal commuting welcome to the show deacon millet thank you so much always fun to welcome, be here welcome yeah Bye. welcome welcome we we love having you here so for anyone who has not heard this show before listening in podcast or however mm-hmm. it may be uh, Deacon Millet uh, is the pastor of Four Altars Gospel Sanctuary. He uh, has candle services, uh, much like what we have at MISC. Um, he has his own line of candles that he has created the labels for. They're beautiful. He does a lot of love work, a lot of reconciliation work. He's the author of Hoodoo Honey and Sugar Spells and mm-hmm. of Hoodoo Return and Reconciliation Spells. And if you need to know about honey spells, just buy his book. If you need to know about reconciliation spells, buy his other book. Um, But he does this work for clients. He's also, of course, a reader. He is also um, the owner-operator of Hoodoo Psychics, which is an online phone service where you can get instant readings from members of AIR and other readers whom he has approved, um, all of whom know Hoodoo as well as reading. It's the only reading service of its type and that's on the phone, instant readings, and specializes in Hoodoo, and you can get spells given to you as well as readings, unlike other reading services. And, let's see, what else can I say about Deacon Millet? Um, He's the reading wrangler at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. He brings all the readers on and gets them all set up. And he's one of the um, longest-time friends I've ever had. And when I said Cherie, he knows who I was talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Right, don't you? Yep, absolutely. 
Well, <laughs> Cherie was just in our shop, man. <laughs> it's a small world. It's a really small world. So um, Deacon Millet has brought us the topic of the day, and um, the topic is the master key. So without further ado, I'm going to turn this over to him, but I'm going to say one thing. I guess there is a there is a small ado, a little ado. Um, the master key is a term that you will find in occultism in many contexts, many cultures, many valences, many time periods. The meanings are blurred, and we're going to talk about all forms of the master key. But it may be that the master key by Charles F. Hanel may be the earliest use of the term. Mm. It was also used by L.W. DeLawrence. It was used um, a lot in the early days of new thought, which is not to be confused with new age, but mm-hmm. goes back to the um, new mm-hmm. thought, um, I guess you could say it, um, philosophy of the late 19th century, which is also developed a new thought religion from the philosophy. Now I'm going to turn it over to you, Deacon Millen. I've said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's it's certainly also possible that they picked it up, the phrase, um, from Blavatsky. Uh, ah, Blavatsky. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He used mm-hmm. it as the subtitle of Isis Unveiled. So, oh, um, of course. But it's such a beautiful turn of phrase that um, it, I think that the Lawrence and Hanel came by it independently um, and used it for something very, very similar. I think that there was just in the zeitgeist of the moment as the New Thought movement was gathering steam, this idea of the the master key became prevalent. And most recently, people um, have associated it with a watered-down version that appears in The Secret. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but certainly, um, the, the master key system was much more um, dense and um, yeah. complicated than the version of the law of attraction um, that we, we find in The Secret. Um, and I've, I've always been fascinated with it as um, a, a system of, of conquering um, reality with our thoughts, which is um, a lot of people's definition of magic is what we do, um, but of bringing forth our own willpower and our own control of the one thing that we truly can control. Wherever we are, we can control our thoughts and our emotions if we work at mm-hmm. it hard enough. And so many people come to me, clients, who, who say the exact opposite. Their, their feelings, everything about the world is completely dependent upon circumstance. And I find that master key work... Um, and the master key products that you guys make, it, it's, it's one way of kind of um, breaking that um, and letting people feel like they're more in control and command of their destinies, of, of their daily reality, um, that happiness isn't just based on what somebody else thinks of them, how their job is doing, how much money's in their bank account, but that there's there's a way to hold yourself 
firm in the midst of chaos. Um, so I love it. Well, I'm going to say something about the Master Key um, System by Charles F. Hamill. This was published in 1912. Yes. It was a 24-week course of study, and you yep. were expected to to learn how to use this Master Key to to get what you wanted, to manifest your desires, to create the reality that you're in conformity mm-hmm. with your will. As it was a beautiful system. He was a good writer too. Mm-hmm. L.W. L.W. DeLorence also used the term master key and made master key, um, made an actual key. In other words, it was, um, uh, L.W. DeLorence was in Chicago and he wrote books which were mostly partially plagiarized and he pirated books, but he also wrote his own stuff too. He was kind of a mixed bag. Very good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also made jewelry. He had some connection to the jewelry business. He made amulets and talismans, Solomonic seals in the form of pendants. He also printed mm-hmm. talismans like the mosaic seals that we use to this day. He was the guy who popularized that, and it entered hoodoo right away. If you read the Harry Hyatt material, people are saying, yeah, you got to send off to Chicago to get those Moses seals and all that. Everyone knew about it. But he also actually made a talismanic key. It was a picture of a key with a lion sitting on the key, and all of the so-called positive signs of the zodiac or masculine signs of the zodiac, which would be all the fire signs, and all of the air signs with their little symbols on the key. And it was set about with little rhinestones. And um, so he made that thing. He also then used it as an emblem for his own books and things like this, the master key system. All right? But it was a different this. Now, we're not talking about Charles Hanel. We're talking about a guy who is talking about occultism as opposed to uh, new thought. And then uh, yeah. years passed by, and Valmore products, which was owned by Morton Newman, but also in Chicago, um, it uh, he began to make Master Key products, and he had the the label redrawn uh, by Charles Dawson, and but it still is similar, and um, and then he went out of business in 1985, and of all things, I was in Austin, Texas, at the Green and White Grocery, and um, which was a, a hoodoo shop. Grocery. I mean, it's a grocery, right? So I was at the Green and White Grocery, and I found a package of Master Key incense on wow. one side, and on the other side, and this was the old label, on the other side, someone had translated it into Spanish, and it was made in Mexico. And so it was a Mexican pulvo, and I went, oh, my God, here's the. this is the original on one side, the Spanish on the other. So I quickly... Um, took it home <laughs> and mm-hmm. and used that art. So I'm making the Valmore art for it. Um, the Green and White Grocery sold all sorts of products from the Oracle Products mm-hmm. Craftsman, the guy who did Legends of Incense, Urban Oil Magic. They still had all these products. They had saved them they, in their own little museum, and they sold them to me, kind of like, here, well, we've been saving them for someone. You can have them. So I bought them all. Okay. So I brought Master Key that image back, which has this lion on the key, but the oh. ultimate derivation of that is from L.W. DeLorence. Now, people ask, what is in Master Key? Well, I'll tell you one thing that's in it, Master Root. <laughs> hey, I was a freebie. I gave you a freebie, right? <laughs> you knew that already. Master Root would be in it, right? We should there's mention also, There's also another product we make called Master. And people always ask me, what's the difference between Master and Master Key? They're entirely different, except for that they both have master root in them. But other than that, 
Every other ingredient is different. And master is more like a domination type, but it's a little kindlier than domination. You know, it's mm-hmm. to be the master of the situation and have people look up to you. Master key, in keeping with the origin of that formula, is much more associated with the master key to occultism, to learning the secrets of magic. Yeah. We should mention that uh, along these writers, so we've mentioned, for example, Charles F. Panel and others, that uh, this is at the same time we have uh, the Kabbalion being written and, and published. Ah, the not, Kabbalion, yes. doesn't say master key, but it, the principles of the master key system take into a much more hermetic kind of flavor, if you will. They add this... So, oh, this is the Emerald Tablet. But it's the same principles. And the core of this principle is the idea that everything is thought and thought controls everything. Um, and mastery of the thought, therefore, gives you mastery over your life. I mean, if you read, Char- it's funny because I have Charles Hanel's The Master Key System right next to me. <laughs> I, I pulled mm-hmm. it off of the shelf when I, I knew this was the topic. And I just want to read one really quick bit um, that I think highlights what, what we're talking about here. First and foremost, what, what this is about is what is the world without and its relationship to the world within? And how is man related to the universal mind? These are the kind of main, this is the main principle of the master key system. The idea that the mind connects us to the outside world, the kind of macrocosm. And what happens in the microcosm, that is the world within us, reflects outward in that. So it's the reversal, literal reversal, of how most people feel. Most people feel that what goes on around them impacts what is within them. They are uh, susceptible, in other words, passively receiving what is going on around them. If the situation is rocky, then there's stress. If the situation Tragedy happens, then they're sad, so on and so forth. Outside impacts the inside. The most key system is about reversing that. What happens on the inside affects the outside. And, of course, the secret goes on to say that everything that's going on in your life is a result of whatever is, is on the inside. It's kind of watered down version of that. So it's about mastering what is within you so that you are in a particular vibratory mental state that allows you to consciously create your outside objective world, the internal subjective world creating the outside objective world. In many ways, that is the very core principle of magic as it is. And in Hoodoo, while we have a very clear connection to the master key system, not everyone has read the system itself, but they still do it instinctively. And that's because the the master key system is an attempt to kind of uh, scientifically, if I can use that word, or pseudo-scientifically, explain what it is that magic practitioners do. That is, try to shape, take what is inside, and create on the outside. And it is, mm-hmm. in hoodoo, you find the very same principle when it comes to prayer, right? If you read Beverly Pascal Randolph's ideas on prayer, which he uses the metaphor and the literal act of orgasm to describe, mm-hmm. that's the masterpiece, the ability to create outwards and then to receive that's the master key system, right? Mm-hmm. The master key system also encourages um, things that influence the Crystal Silence League. Oh, yeah. I I believe that um, Claude Alexander Conlon, who was the creator of the Crystal Silence League, which is a uh, was a prayer group where people prayed for each other, and he taught how to use crystals to focus your uh, visualization, either to send or to receive. 
to transmit messages to have internal healing or to transmit healing to others and uh, basically produce results within your own world through crystals, focusing on crystals. Not And as he said, the crystal is not the vital part of it. It's your mind, but the crystal allows you to focus. So the Master Key System influenced the Crystal Silence League. And um, the Master Key System starts with, um, in each of the lessons, you have to do um, some what would be called meditation now. You have to sit mm-hmm. still, and you focus on a creative visualization. And this is a real key if you can visualize, you're halfway through the master key system because it's about visualizing things. Claude Alexander Conlon, otherwise known as Alexander, he was sometimes known as Alexander. Alexander believed that the crystal helped you visualize and focus. So, but he branched off from the master key. So, if you see the crystal silencing, you'll see something of the same stuff. Um, also. Uh, Charles F. Hanel was a Christian, and so he used um, Bible uh, scripture to mm-hmm. um, focus on, but that's not necessary. Uh, L.W. DeLaurence was more of um, an exoticist, and his system used more, you know, ancient Egypt and, and you know, the God of Abraham and Moses. Or what, I mean, he just went all over the map, you know, Isis and Osiris, and he was more maybe influenced by Blavatsky, who also mm-hmm. had a, a whole thing with ancient Egypt. But all of these systems... Generally, I shouldn't say all generally, all of these systems, as far as I know, have a, have a point at which you are to do the work internally. They do not necessarily, say, rely on a powder or um, a doll or something like that. They, they have to do with will. Many people believe that um, the only important thing in hoodoo is your will. That's not true, because hoodoo also no. draws from folk magical practices in which the herbs, the roots, the minerals have their own power. The master key system, and it's it's kind of almost could say like collision and unification with hoodoo, is much more of about your self-determination. But it usually calls upon the divine in whatever form you wish to see the divine. Okay, In other words, you're aligning yourself with the divine. The interesting thing is when they meet, you end up with things like master key products. And also, you end up with the literal use of keys, and by which I mean keys. And this, of course, many of our younger um, listeners will say, oh, yeah, like the movie The Skeleton Key. Yeah, that's right. But keys were used in hoodoo a lot in magic. Now, at the end of the show, we're going to give you a free spell that will involve the use of keys, so stay tuned for that. But the idea here is that the the key is actually a curio that symbolizes the master key system. And like I said, L.W. DeLorence actually made these jewelry quality keys that you could wear um, to remind yourself of the master key system. Mm, yeah, that's a really that's a really fantastic point there, um, and I know that for me, I've incorporated master key products in the work that I do. Um, I find that you can use the products if you're using it in uh, the ma- with the master key system. If you're going to go through the kind of uh, mental training, the kind of training and concentration, um, and and it's and it's not just we should be clear, it's not just about thought in the literal sense of what you're thinking. 
It's about your state of thought. So feelings play an important factor in this as well um, because they're seen as the kind of way that you vibrate. So what, you're, what you think and then what those thoughts make you feel, uh, what DeLorens calls the gospel of optimism. And that's not just positive thinking in a generic sense. It's a state of being that exists. It's a state of faith that exists, faith in yourself, faith in your thought. I think, in fact, he even uses that phrase, faith in yourself, in, the, in his book. Um, so I use the Master Key product to kind of supplement the kind of concentration exercises and to help out with this concentration exercise. But they're also really great just to use for spiritual mastery in general. Um, and that's been my experience. Like I will burn a little bit of um, Master Key incense or Master Key oil when I'm working with spirits. So even if I'm not working directly with the Master Key system, I still use the products uh, for spiritual mastery more broadly, and they work really well in that. Um, Reverend Dr. Sweets in the chat room asked, what books are available in the shop on this subject? And I would say that the two, well, especially the one book by um, Claude Alexander Conlon, which is Personal Codes. Uh, someone's going to have to find that whole title. It's the longest title in the world. It's the Personal Codes <laughs> of the Crystal Silence League. And that book, little as it is, is an amazing kind of unfolding of this idea. Now, he used the word codes. And um, and. By codes, he meant these were affirmations, what now would be called affirmations. He just didn't use the word affirmations. He called them codes. And that book, um, we give away for free if you buy a crystal ball of any size over the tiny little $4 ball. We print them and give them away free. And Yeah, thank you, Nagashiva. It is called The Crystal Silence League, Personal Lessons, Codes, and Instructions for Members, written by C. Alexander in 1919 and revised in 2011. And um, the, this is um, an amazing um, uh, book for the size. And like I said, and it's mm-hmm. free if you order a crystal ball. So you order a $6 or $9 crystal ball, $11 crystal ball, you'll get this nice little book. The book is $5 if you want it on, on its own. Um, we are going to be... Um, making a 96-page book out of some of Claude Conlon's stuff as soon as we can, because this is all, it's in tiny type, <laughs> very mm-hmm. tiny type, and it's a 32-page, saddle-stitched, but which is why we can give it away for free. Um, but uh, but we, we really um, believe that using this type of technique will help people in their lives. And um, mm-hmm. our church... Uh, Missionary Independent is a New Thought church. There are others, uh, and we also have spiritualism kind of included. There are other churches in the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, the AISC, that are also New Thought churches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think um, speaking about New Thought, self-improvement really is the key here. This is about learning to master your life, which is why I love that suggestion that Deacon Millett said. That he says he tells his clients who come to him about the system and about how to do this self-improvement work and this self-mastery work to help them overcome the feeling of, you know, being behest or beset by all these different forces uh, and experiences. It is fundamentally about gaining control over your own life. 
Um, it is a way of, of, of beginning to live consciously, deliberately, and with intention. And intention is at the heart of both the New Thought Movement and the Master Key Movement. Your intention is your reality. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to mention Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which was also yeah. influenced by the Master Key. And, um, and um, again, one of the most popular books ever written. Um, and people uh, sometimes will say, well, all of these positive thought books are about growing rich because Wallace Waddles, you know, had the science of growing rich. And these, but they're not only about growing rich. They are um, often um, confused combined with ideas like Christian science on the idea that yeah. you can heal yourself and should never go to a doctor. But New Thought people all believed in going to doctors. No one felt that you should not go to doctors. That's a religious idea which, which New Thought does not embrace. So um, I, I recommend that people consider some of these ideas um, and look into them. Um, I would love to, um, you know, carry a lot of those books in my shop, but there's people already carrying them. There are people keeping these books in print, and just look look up some of these titles that we have um, mentioned, and I think you'll find something, you know, worthwhile pursuing. You know, we think a lot of um, of the, um, you know, hoodoo for remediation of immediate problems. And one of the things that I want to tell people when I'm working with clients is we can get you out of this crisis. Yes, you know, your money's bad, you got fired from your job, or your boyfriend left you, or you're lonely and you want a new boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is you want. Um, You want Mm -hmm. to get that promotion. Of course we use Huda for those things. But there has to be at some point a word between the root doctor and the client, if the root doctor is not keeping the client as a cash cow, which does happen, yeah. but not with our people, <laughs> but if they're not doing that, we have to, you know, get the client to the point where they can leave the nest and maybe mm-hmm. check back in with us once a year on their birthday for a birthday reading or maybe mm-hmm. check back in with us when some sort of terrible thing happens and they need a helper. But, mm-hmm. um, we're looking as root workers to provide people with a way to do folk magic for their lives on their own when they need to, um, come to root workers for help. But one of the major things that I find myself doing is trying to encourage people to the gospel of optimism, to look on the bright yeah. side of life, you know, to to think about themselves as someone who can uh, make change. How do you, how do you feel about that, Deacon Millet? I know that you're pretty much in that camp too, right? Absolutely, and it's not easy. Um, but uh, you know, when things go wrong, to to look on the bright side. I actually um, had my computer play that song the other day, but I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> She'll also play this this podcast. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun, but um. Yes, I. To me, uh, I want people to take the steps necessary to get more control of their lives and um, to mature as people. Um, you helped me along that path, and mm-hmm. I like helping others on that path as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's not. 
it's not um, a one-way street. We have to take what we learn and share it with other people. Absolutely, that's true too. And you know, um, there's a there, there, countryman Ali said something in the chat room, so I'm going to bring it into the audio. Um, he, he said, this is the five of cups. We can fix your problem. But if you're stuck in a certain state, all you'll see is the spilled cups. And yeah. um, that is ab- absolutely the truth that we live as readers and root workers all the time. And that's not to say that people are not born cursed or fall under a heavy uh, load that they cannot rid themselves for decades but we are here to try to guide you onward. And yep. if we talk to you about things like um, the secret or the master key or the law of attraction or new thought in general, we are doing that to try to get you out of the five of cups mm-hmm. <laughs> and into something a little better like mm, the ten of cups. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. And, I, and I'll say that in particular cases like money cases or in reconciliation cases it's why you end up with clients who break up over and over again because they can't let go of the five of cups mm-hmm. yeah well there's our music um and uh i'm going to uh thank deacon millet for being part of this thank you conjurement ali if you as clients want to know more about improving your life generally You know, you can sign up for a reading that's a consultation for moving your life forward. Now, we're going to, rather than, you know, what, you know, yes or no questions. All right. Um, So now um, we're going to go to Papa Newt. And um, we're going to, he said, it says here, and I quote, Papa Newt is not in our chat, but he's in conversation with me in Facebook, says Nagashiva. (laughs) So you there, Papa Newt? (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> okay, great. I was a little worried there for a moment. Um, so, uh, Papa Newt, let's take up our first client, okay? The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Deacon Millet, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home contour remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818 394 8535. If you filled out a, qu- a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop a new read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Now our first caller is calling in from area code 63 zero in Chicago. Uh, this is, oh my goodness, there is no information here. This is Jenny Jen Jen. Jenny Jen Jen, are Hi. you there? Yes, Hi. I'm here. Oh, I'm glad you're here at the show. Is this your first time calling in? It is. Oh, well, welcome, and thank you for calling us and trusting us with your situation. Now, I, I see here with your uh, form fill-out, you didn't really fill out a whole lot, and that's okay, um, but have you gone to any other readers or root workers on this particular situation? No, sir. All right, and have you had a private reading with Ms. Catter-Conjman Ali? No, sir. 
All right. Now, I do see here you write, I'd like to know what you tune into, is her question, Miss Kat, and turn it back to you. Okay. Well, hi, Jennifer. That question is a little hard for me to answer because I don't quite understand it. Um, when I see the words tune into, I think of two things, um, electronic you know, broadcasts such as radio and television. Um, the answer to that is I tune into KQED. <laughs> Public radio for Northern California, or it might, be, or uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, or it could be. What do you tune into? As in, you know, turn on, tune in, drop out. Um, I'm not sure what you're asking. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I just sort of wanted to. See, I do want to see what you guys. Um, um, see uh, when you do a reading on me i i'm i have you know uh, you want it you want what's called i get it you want what's called a general reading now i understand (laughs) okay what what you see is the most prevalent yeah so right so a general reading is a reading where the reader has no questions and it just basically i guess sort of takes a, a view of you and sees what they see, okay? I am going to ask you a couple of um, questions because I am an astrologer. What is your sign of the zodiac? I'm a Pisces, okay. and my moon is Pisces as well. Okay. Okay, Rack, Pisces, sun, and moon. Now, I'm just going to say something. This would explain why the question was so... Mm, open, and that is because Pisces is a very gentle, mutable sign, and they're sort of just flowing, and they're not going to say, you know, tell me, you know, am I going to get into the college of my choice? They're going to say, just tell me what you see. Okay, so I'm going to um, put down three cards, and uh, this is what I see for you and around you at the present time, okay? So card number one, is a card called the Page of Pentacles. And this is a card that shows um, a young a person. It could be a, a woman. I usually think of it as sort of an um, an androgynous or ambigendered person. Not You can assign any gender to this person. And uh, this person is standing out in nature in a field of flowers, holding uh, their hands upward, both hands upward, and balanced just on the tips of their thumbs and the tips of their fingers is a beautiful golden disc or ball. Behind them is a mountain on one side, on the other side a forest, and then on the other side again coming back underneath the mountain, a plowed field. And the mountain stands for the primal earth, the forest stands for stable earth, the plowed field stands for changeable earth. And nothing is yet growing. They've planted, but they have not yet had any crop to harvest. And right now, this beautiful gift is coming down from heaven, and they're holding it very lightly in their hands. So what I see with this card is that you are facing the future, but you have one foot dragging behind, as this person has. You are still connected to your past, but you have recently are turning to face the future. The coin in the hand, or the big golden disc, may represent some money coming your way, but it also can mean any kind of a blessing. Um, and that might be the blessing of love. It might be the blessing of home ownership. Some blessing is coming your way, but it hasn't yet firmly landed. Um, if you keep facing the future, you will be able to grasp it if you wish. If you don't, it, it'll just pop like a bubble. It's very, it's a fragile 
thing at this moment, but handle it gently and you will receive a lot of blessings. And it can be in a material sense. The next card I have for you is a card that is called the Queen of Cups. And this is a woman who sits on a throne uh, looking at a golden goblet, which is very elaborately carved and ornamented, and it has a lid or cover on it, and you cannot see inside, but she's looking right into it, and she can see inside. So this would indicate to me that you have some psychic ability. Her foot is touching the water. It could be a lake. It could be the ocean. And she has around her three little spirits carved in her throne. These are like little mermaids, but they have angel wings. And they're babies. I mean, they're like cherubs. So I call them the mermaid angel babies. And this means that you have some helpful, there's some helpful spirits around you, youthful, happy spirits. And you are able to read in some way into other people's lives or minds. This is a good card for anyone who ever wants to work in healthcare, psychology, uh, psychiatry, neurology, or uh, even just being a good mother because it's about having the ability to read and understand what others are thinking. I often see this card come up among those who do therapeutic work for others, including being readers, but also massage therapy or possibly um, health care of some sort. It does tell me that you have psychic abilities and that you might want to develop those psychic abilities. It's a good uh, choice for you. And the third card is a card called the Hanged Man. And this is a difficult card, especially to have at the end of the row. The Hanged Man says that in some ways you have come to a, a, you've been stalled out a little bit. There's something not quite moving forward. Even after some of these good potentials, you have um, been hung up in some way, stuck in some way. Something not of your doing, and you may need a helper to get to the place where you're going to um, get all that you want. The hangman is hung upside down. He's not hung by his neck. He's not being lynched, but he is hung upside down, and he has a halo around his head to indicate that he is um, innocent, but his arms are tied behind his back, so he can't just wriggle himself free. And whenever I get the card of the hangman, I say, there's two things about this that are good. Number one, you're getting a new perspective, um, a new outlook on life by by what's happening to you that may be causing um, things not to progress as fast as you would like. However, then the other good thing is you're innocent. Okay. So, in other words, you have not been cursed. This is never. This is in fact quite the opposite. This is a card of someone who has been somehow restrained or tied back or held back, but it's not. They are not an evil person. And they usually have not been cursed with evil. But it can it can mean that you will need a helper, and that could be a spiritual helper, a root worker, um, a reader, a counselor, a guide. It can even be a therapist, a doctor. But somebody would be good to, for you to enroll to help you through anything where you're stuck at this time. I get the impression that your psychic abilities are great and will be developing as you mature or as you allow them to wash over you because those are very inherent in the middle of the deck. 
Okay, wow. that is my that is my reading. Now I'm sorry I ran a little over, but let's turn this over to Deacon Mellon. Okay. Um I've gone ahead and pulled five cards. Um I'm using the secret Dakini Oracle deck, which is rather different. Um and we'll just go through these and see what they have to say. The first one is Mother's Milk. And this card shows a woman's breast, and out of it is flowing the Milky Way. Um, this card has many layers of meaning. It can be uh, your own children, your own parents. Um, but it also has a sense of a homesickness for something nourishing. Um, you, you may be looking at uh, patterns and ways in which um, you wish to be like your mother or wish to not be like your mother. The second card is Solar Return. And this card shows an eclipse of the sun. And it's a card of astrology of birthdays. It's about returning to the roots of your personality. So this might be a good time to have um, your natal chart done and to think back to the things that you really enjoyed as a child. Um, you know, what did you want to be in kindergarten and first grade? Um, and uh, how could those things come out in your life now? The next card is Recall Memory, which is along the same lines as that. It shows a variety of seashells on the seashore. When we hold them up to our ear, we hear the sound of waves, the echoes of the past as they roll through our lives. Um, so there is something here about you pondering um, who you are and where you've come from. The fourth card is Ganesh, Lord of Obstacles. It shows the elephant-headed god in the midst of a spider's web. Um, and it says that really there's a need for road opening here, for clearing away some obstacles. There are definitely a few stumbling blocks in your path that are preventing that forward motion um, that you'd like to have. So um, definitely uh, think about doing some work along those lines. And the fifth card I pulled is Cremation Ground Meditation. Now, this is a more somber card. It shows the surface of the moon, and it covered in skulls and bones. And in the background, we see the earth rising. Um, this is a card of letting things go. Um, this is uh, a kind of a mournful, melancholy card, but it's not a disaster card like the death card would be or the tower. Instead, it's a card that says it's time to let certain things go um, so that you can progress. There may be some goals or some people that no longer serve you, um, and it's it's time to, to say your goodbyes. And that may be a little um, saddening, but it needs to be done. Wow. Okay. It may be sad, but it needs to be done. I like that. Um, all right. Well, we're going to turn this over now to um, Kondraman Ali. And I'm going to point out here that we had some interesting... Uh, correlations the between the two readings, even though we used entirely different decks, they both had um, quite a lot about psychic ability and um, the past, and then also there was this feeling of a current obstacle that could be broken through. So, Countryman Ali, what do you have to say? 
Yeah, thanks, uh, Kat. I think you've got some really interesting readings here, and most of the readings, are, uh, both of the readings are really pointing to some form of work that helps you with mastery, with development, which fits right into the kind of theme of our uh, uh, panel today. So what I want mm-hmm. you to do is actually get yourself a large master root, um, and you can pick a large one up. You can go to Lucky Mojo and get one or have them pick one for you. But a, a, a large master root that you're going to be able to work with regularly. And I want you to set up a space, a space that you can dedicate towards doing this work. Um, and you're going to, it can be on the top of a bureau, it can be a book, small bookshelf, uh, it can be a drawer, what else, whatever it is, or it could be a shelf, a table, uh, something that you're going to dedicate towards this type of work. Uh, I want you to set up on, in the two corners, the left and the right, two white candles. In the center, you are going to place uh, on a plate uh, your master root. Behind this, you should set up a um, a cork board of some type. If you don't like cork boards, you can use a small white board with magnets. This cork board is going to be a kind of vision board. I don't use vision boards myself very often, but I find that they work very well for clients, particularly clients that are good at visualizing, clients that need to, something to help them focus. On the back of this uh, corkboard, I want you to place an envelope. And in that envelope, I want you to sprinkle in uh, mastery powder. I want you to put attraction powder, a pinch of cinnamon, uh, some John the Conqueror root pieces, uh, Queen Elizabeth root pieces, some star anise, uh, some anise um, mugwort. And you're going to close that up. Place this on the back of the cork board. Put this up on the wall uh, so that you can look at it. You have your surface and you have your surface. Put the things that you are interested in, mastery over self, uh, happiness, uh, financial wealth, a great job. Put that in emblematic form on that cork board. You will put up, up uh, stick it on there. You will cut it out from magazines, print it out from you know, the Internet, whatever it is, you're going to decorate it. And you're going to add to it until it feels right to you so that when you look at it, it represents which direction you want to head in life. Now, for your master route, what you're going to do is once a week, you're going to pick something that you want to work on. Uh, I mean, once a month, I'm sorry. At the beginning of the month, you're going to start and say, this is the thing I want to work on this month. I want to get healthier. I want to develop my psychic ability. I want uh, to develop my healing ability or work with therapy, whatever it is. You're going to write that down on a piece of paper. You're going to light some incense, uh, attraction incense, and mastery incense. And you're going to smoke the paper in that incense. If you don't want to use loose incense, you can also uh, burn charcoal, uh, add a little bit of uh, mastery root chips on there, cinnamon roots, uh, I mean cinnamon chips on there, and then add just a drop of attraction oil directly onto the charcoal. Uh, burning oil this way makes it really fragrant and powerful. Smoke, you're going to smoke the paper in that, then take red thread and tie it with intention and deliberation and focus and concentration in the roots of your master root. You're going to tie it up there, and as you tie it, you're going to make three knots, knowing that with each knot, you've gained more and more mastery over that thing. Spend a little time over the master root, pray over it, 
focus on the board before you, have those candles going while you're doing this type of work, snuff it out, and keep working it every week for that month. You're going to go over there, light some incense, light your candles, say your prayers over the root, focus in on the vision board, and do that every week for that month. And then the next month, you're going to pick the next thing that you want to focus on in your life, the next thing that you want to improve, to bring into your life. And you're going to repeat this process again. By the time you're done, at the end of the year, your route should be filled with 12 different papers. Those 12 papers, all tied up in route, should represent different aspects of your life that you have brought mastery into, you've brought your control over, that you've gotten a handle over. At the end of the year, you should look back and make a list of the things you have accomplished and the things that you would like to accomplish and then start the process all over again with another master route uh, and then do it. And this is something that you can continue for the rest of your life. It's a really powerful, disciplined way of working root work and mastery work into your life to give you uh, mastery over the different aspects. This is my recommendation. It's a long ongoing work that I think will be useful for you. But let's see if Kat and Deacon Miller have anything to add. Wow. I think I think that's great. Really a great thing. Um, master root is an interesting root and I'm gonna just mention that there are other roots that people people use with it. Um, in I've seen similar things done with ginseng root. I've seen similar things done with um, Queen Elizabeth root, John the Conqueror root, Calamus root, all of those roots. But in this case, he chose master root because this is the theme of our uh, show. But I I would love to see um, you do that with master root. Yeah. And you can even put those other roots around the master root. Right, oh, on yeah, your it's the master, plate. Yeah, right. yeah, put the master, and then put the John the Conqueror, the Queen Elizabeth. I would add licorice yeah. to that, calamus. Oh, it'd be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those. So we call it root work for a reason, um, because we do a lot of root work uh, with roots. So how about you, Dick and Millet? Anything to add? Well, I love that idea. And the nice thing about the small roots around it is that you can take one. You can take one with mm, you yeah. um, and bring it back, recharge it, take it away again. And, of course, you could also do that with a key as a talisman. Yes, mm. that's right. Right. Okay. So multiple roots. Okay. Well, um, thank you for being our client, and I hope we were able to give you some um, good ideas. Now we're going to go back and we're going to get client number two. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code 516 in New Platts, New York. Uh, this is Dana. Dana, are you there? I'm right here. Hi, welcome to the show. I see you've been a listener for a long time, but this is your first time calling in. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, you're very welcome now. So you have not had any private readings with Miss Cat or Conjurman Ali. Um, you did have a reading with, uh, with a reader there in New Platts, but more focusing on whether the situation, uh, you guys would be getting back together. Um, but, but we're looking on a whole new situation. Is that correct? Yes, that's true. Okay. And Dana writes, um, ex-boyfriend is a narcissist and keeps coming back. All I want is to start fresh and have a healthy romantic relationship, but the ties to him seem uh, uh, otherworldly. Things I've tried is cord cutting spells, protection spells, cleansing baths, floor wash, in addition to honey spells, candle spells, etc., to attract a new lover. Turning back to you, Miss Kat. Wow. All right, Dana, well, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions because I always like to get the astrology lined up here. Uh, what is your sign of the zodiac? I am a Pisces with Aquarius rising and a moon in Taurus. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, say that again. Pisces, um, Aquarius, Aquarius rising... rising. And uh, moon in, in Taurus, that's going to keep your emotions very steady. And what is the narcissist, um, the XBF, as we would call him? What is that person's <laughs> sign? Um, he's a Sagittarius, but I don't know his rising or anything. Mm. Okay. All right. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to turn this over to Countryman Ali, and he's going to do a, um, a reading. Yeah, thanks, Kat. Thank you. Um, your your signs there do work a little bit against you here. Um, Pisces makes you quite susceptible uh, as, to these kind of connections. Uh, Pisces is a very psychic sign, so you are more aware of this type of uh, emotional bond or connection than they, an ordinary person would be, and that Taurus moon is going to make you more loyal than is good for you. Um, and mm-hmm. As Kat can testify, and so can Deacon Miller, I was an astrologer, uh, Tauruses are not only loyal to a fault, so they're loyal when it's not good for them. Uh, they'll exactly. hold on to things. Yeah, they'll <laughs> hold on to things that just do that will do damage. Um, and so I've pulled some cards here, and and the cards are going to be a little bit um, tough truths, but I think that that you need this here. The first card is the Seven of Swords, and the Seven of Swords says that there's more to this situation than than we're aware or told of. It shows an uh, individual walking away with five swords and looking back at two. This looking back is the key here. You said that now you're doing tie cutting, breaking bonds, etc. But in the past, you've wondered if you're going to do reconciliation, you know, if you're going to get back together with him. In fact, you're yeah. reading on Correct. that matter. So it's good that we've seen a shift here, but there is a part of you that's still doubtful. And you need to be honest with yourself, um, and, and particularly honest in the dark hours of the night, because the next card is the Nine of Swords, a person who is deeply under uh, stress. Nine swords or hanging over them. This relationship, as you rightly have picked up, is not healthy for you. Uh, it hangs over your head. It creates stress and pain. Uh, it creates anxiety. But it also creates self-doubt in your ability, in your ability to move on, in your ability to find love. The question is, will we find love? Well, of course, if we know we'll find love, if we doubt we'll find love, then we'll always be in that state of doubt. Uh, you know, to tie this back into the kind of master key theme, you know, our emotions and our thoughts are, are very much our reality. And there is some doubt. There is some looking back over your shoulder that's still happening. There is still some hesitation. And it's a result of this kind of uh, damage that's been done. I think your self-esteem has been hurt. 
I think you've been wounded, and I think you've been emotionally betrayed, and that's never a good thing for a Taurus. Uh, we don't recover from betrayal very easily, um, and it, it, we kind of nurse grudges for a long We say we because I'm a Taurus, right? So I'm, I feel you. We nurse, we, we nurse grudges. You're a Taurus moon, which makes you even more capable of nursing that pain for a long period of time. Um, but the good thing is that you're a Pisces that makes you wonderfully attractive and, and, and kind of uh, has this great quality to draw people into you, emotionally sincere. That Taurus moon makes you, uh, makes, ensures that you will never actually truly be alone in your life. So the answer is you can move on because the final card that I have is the Wheel of Fortune. The wheel does turn. Uh, it may turn slowly, it may not turn easily, but it does turn. We see the Wheel of Fortune casting down a snake, raising up an Anubis at the top of the Sphinx. We may not always understand or know why the wheel turns, the way that it does, or how it turns. And it's being watched over by the symbol of the four Gospels or the symbol of the four Zodiac, which includes a Leo here, includes a Taurus, includes the Eagle, and includes uh, an individual Eagle ascending in for Scorpio and the uh, uh, angel representing Aquarius. You can move on in this situation. Uh, it will take time, and you will need a helper. I asked what you need to do, and we got the King of Wands. The King of Wands is a stalwart ally. This is a person who is just, who is righteous, and who is particularly just and righteous in matters of the heart, in matters of law. So this is a person you should turn to. Consider getting root with a, a work with a root worker who can assist you in this manner. If you can't do cord cutting and, and uh, you know, clearing away work on your own because there's still some self-doubt within your heart, then you need to bring on an ally who will help bolster you and shore up the work that you do as a guide, a protector, and a supporter. Uh, this should be done vis-a-vis -vis candle work uh, or firework of some sort that will help to bridge the distance between you and the root worker. Um, they can do the work at home while you do some work uh, at your end, and this will help to kind of turn that wheel in the right direction. By the end of this year, this connection will be over and you will be able to move on. You're probably going to have an option between three or four people who are going to come into your life. Be discerning. Don't just choose who your next person is because you're lonely or you're ready to move on. Know that there are going to be kind of four options, and be discerning and pick the one that is ideal for you. Get the help that you need from a root worker, and know the cards tell that we are able to move beyond this situation. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Millet, and then uh, we'll have Miss Cat give you some root work advice. Okay. Well, I've pulled three cards from my deck, um, and let's take a look at these. The first one is survival. Um, this is an interesting card. It shows a factory spewing out pollution in the distance and in, <laughs> in a very rocky landscape. And there's one small plant struggling to survive in the foreground. And it's kind of like this guy has polluted your life. Um, and you're surviving, but um, this has been very malignant and it's, it's going to be hard to get rid of um, the toxins that have kind of infiltrated you. Don't give up on cleansing. Instead, realize that spiritual cleansing may take a while in your case, um, particularly if you mm -hmm. keep getting re-polluted, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So uh, it may be 
harder than, um, than in many cases. Uh, second card here is Tree Spirit Gakshi. Um, this card is a card of the seasons um, and the turning of the seasons. And I always recommend that people meditate upon Ecclesiastes 3 when this card shows up. Um, this card reminds us that, you know, chapters come to an end, the way seasons come to an end, and then there's a new season, a new chapter in life, and we embrace that one knowing that it will come to an end as well, um, that there's a cyclical nature um, to reality. And it's one of the things that I think is so vital about astrology is that it keeps us conscious of a cycle, a flow. You can't truly, 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 truly be stuck um, because the universe just keeps going um, and you're part of it. So um, try, to, try to meditate on Ecclesiastes 3 and to think about the next chapter of your life coming and what you want that to be like. The third card here is the last laugh, the future. So this is a black and white and gray card with a grinning smile at the top and an executioner's axe. Um, it's a grim um, but funny card. And um, the last laugh is yours. Um, this, this card says that someday you'll look back on all this and you will laugh. Um, there, there is um, not a silver lining, a golden lining at the end of all of this because you have gained experience um, that you'll be able to share with others and it will help them. Um, so you can transmute this into something um, very powerful to help others. So I, I, I hope you will do that post-haste. Thank you so much. You bet. Okay. All righty. Well, I'm here to give you some root work advice, and you've already written down what you've done. Cord-cutting spells, protection spells, cleansing spells, floor washes, and then it says, in addition to honey spells, oops, that's going back the other direction, uh, candle spells, et cetera, attract new love. Well, let's put that on hold. We're going to put the honey spells and the candle spells to attract new love on hold because the problem is you're just drawing him back again with those. We need to get yeah. rid of him completely. Now, I'm going to tell you a story on Deacon Millet, who happens to be here. You can use a cut and clear spell to get rid of someone completely, and they can come back, but really only if they have changed their life and now meet the qualities that you have put in the cut and clear spell as a kind of an automatic, I must have someone with these qualities. If they can change, mm-hmm. they can come back. Can I get a can I get a witness, Deacon Millet? Absolutely. Totally, okay. totally happened to me. It happened to him, and, uh, and and he's happily married to a person he cut out of his life. But that person changed. Okay, So what I'm going to recommend that you do is to start with a black walnut bath. And those who are longtime listeners to this show are going, of course she was going to say the black walnut bath, but I'm going to. Okay, so you're going to take um, nine black walnuts. Now these are black walnuts. Black walnut is a species. And uh, they are, um, you can use the regular old English walnuts at the grocery store, but the black walnuts just are much more intense 
and I would recommend them. We have a whole bunch of black walnut trees on our property, and Althea, yeah, who works for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, if you got them too. Althea, uh, who works for us on in our shop, picks them up, collects them, and dehydrates them, and we sell them nine black walnuts in a pack. It's cheap, but if you have black walnuts, you want to pick them up. Now is about the time of year, too. You want them mm-hmm. with their husks. You want them with their hulls on them. And you're going to boil them in water. It's going to make a dark brown water, same kind of water people use to tan leather and turn leather brown. Then you're going to take a a bath in that. Now, I recommend you don't do that in a bathtub because you could stain your bathtub if it has any kind of flaws or or cracks in it or, you know, worn glazing. Mm -hmm. So just do that outdoors at night if you can. Pour that that black walnut water over yourself. You don't have to pull it over your head if you don't want to dye your hair brown. But you can just pour it on yourself. It will wash right off and wash it off. But that black walnut bath is used to take off all of your feelings for someone. Once you've done it, and you might have to do it three times. I'm telling people, you know, go out there under the, the, the dark moon when there's no moon in the sky, no light in the sky, and just pour that over you. Don't even use a candle. Don't even use a lantern. Just go out with it and go in your backyard or wherever you can. People go, but I don't have a backyard. I live in an apartment building, Miss Cat. Go to a goddamn state park and camp overnight. For God's sake, just pour the black walnut. I'm good. I got a lot of property on here, so I'm good. (laughs) All right. So you're just going to pour that over yourself and then brush yourself downward. And I would start with my left hand on my right shoulder, my right hand on my left shoulder, and then I would uncross, that makes a cross, and you're going to uncross yourself and just go down your arms, down your hands, and just, you know, and then down your legs, both hands making an X at your thigh and down that thigh and then uncrossing it, uncrossing the other thigh, and then just keep on going down. Remove this from me. Remove this from me. And it could, however you want to name it, you can say remove this condition, remove this binding, remove this useless connection from my life, remove it. And you're going to go all the way down to the bottoms of your feet and from your heel to the bottom of your toes and just poof, and that's it. By then you'll be cold, run back inside, put on something warm. <laughs> and uh, you can shower um, with warm water afterwards, um, clean water to finish cleansing yourself. But that black walnut bath will take it off of you. Now, you can also do a cut and clear spell. And uh, we have um, a web page on that, and it's at luckymojo.com slash cutandclear.html. The black walnut is also there. And I would recommend you do a cut and clear spell. We make cut and clear products. You can use those products. You can use um, a cut and clear spell kit if you want to or you can use the spell that's printed on that web page. But basically, that spell consists of making two lists, one of what you didn't like about the guy, the other about what you did like about him and about anybody else you've ever dated. Cutting that list in half, destroying the bad list, keeping the good list. There are many ways to do it. You can do it with lemons, lemon juice. You can do it with cut-and-clear products. There's a ton of ways to do it, and I'm not going to get into that spell because I first just want to see you um, work on the black walnuts. And um, if you want to, understand that this is an ongoing process. I've seen people have to do this thing three or four times. I've seen another thing, and I'm going to mention this. Has this person ever given you gifts that you still have in your house? No. No, they're all gone. 
I have one attachment. I have one attachment, um, one thing from him, but I want to set it on fire and just throw it away. Yeah, you want to you want to just dispose of any. Okay, just dispose of photos, letters, whatever. If you can't bring yourself to dispose of them, you're not ready yet. If you say to yourself, "I just want to keep those letters because my replies to them were so good," then just keep your replies. But you're never going to use them with another lover. So what are you doing? You know, you're just making endless trouble for yourself. That's what that nine of swords is about. So burn them up, burn them up. If you think they're, oh, gee, this is so pretty, it's so valuable, give it away to a thrift store, the goodwill. Uh, Don't give it to a friend of yours. But you should never have, if you really want to cut with somebody, don't keep the, um, you know, don't keep it. Um, That that one thing is that... um, well, Contraband Ali says the Seven of Swords, but I would also say the Nine of Swords, that waking up in the night and having that feeling that, oh, my God, it's still hanging over my head. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you don't want it hanging over your head. You want it gone. Um, you, If you can, try to never say this person's name for one year and one day. Use another okay. name. If you have another friend with the same name, don't use that name. Use another name. In other words, whatever that person's name is, I'm just going to say, let's say, for instance, that the person's name is William. You're just not going to say William for a year and a day. And if you do, well, what they say is put a rubber band around your wrist and snap your wrist with that rubber band. Shame on you. <laughs> it's it's like slapping the dog with a newspaper. You know, nah, I said it. Don't say the name for one year and one day. Okay, remove that name. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, I really hope this this is helpful. Anybody else have anything to say? I think it's awesome. It's one of the best things I've ever done for myself, um, and I can't recommend it highly enough. There are some mm-hmm. some people that it's just really hard to let go of. And, but you have to do it or you're stuck. You can't get on with your life. So um, the cards say you're ready. So go for it. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, uh, you're a Pisces. I'd like to see this work done by your birthday. And then starting on your birthday is when you're going to really start your honey spells and your love attraction and burn that white candle to have a new love come to you. But let's get let's get this work done at least till the winter solstice or the end of the year, or at least until your birthday. When You'll feel it's right. Don't try to run both spells, attraction, and cut and clear at the same time. Not a good idea for you. You're too sensitive. There are people who can do it. I don't see it for you. Okay? Pisces are so gentle. They really need to up that thing to get that guy out of there. <laughs> All righty. Um, Well, we're going to have our network schedule announcement from our technical electronic department, minus the theremin. The theremin is on leave this week, but we're going to have some other kind of herky-jerky. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conderman Ollie, <laughs> Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, 
Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Deacon Millet of fouraltars.org in the high deserts of California. Take it away, Deacon Millet. Thanks. So I've decided to bring a couple of spells that involve real keys um, and how to use those. The first one is is a good old one um, from Zorniel Hurston on keeping someone in jail. This is if someone has already been um, convicted or placed in, in jail awaiting trial. And um, it recommends you take a bowl um, and you create a name paper for them. So write their name three times on the paper and put it in the bowl. And also into the bowl, you're going to put red pepper and black pepper and one eight-penny nail and ammonia. Now, she recommends 15 cents worth, but that's, um, I have no idea what 15 cents worth of ammonia is going to be, um, but go ahead and put in a tablespoon or two. Um, and that's often a stand-in for urine, and I would feel very comfortable using urine in this spell as well. Um, and then get two door keys. One of those keys you're going to put down inside your bowl. The other one, you'll lean against it. And um, every day at 12 o'clock, which I'm assuming is midnight, you're going to turn the key standing against the side of the bowl. So just just make a turning motion like you would with the key, locking this person away from you so that they cannot get out. Every time you turn the key, add a little vinegar to the bowl. Okay? And you're going to do that every day. And it will, as she says, do the job. Um, Do it in faith, and it's going to keep them locked up. Now, I um, had a client who was heading to jail, and um, he was planning to, uh, he wouldn't have access to drugs or alcohol, so he was also going to be getting sober in jail. And um, so I flipped this on its head. And what I did was I took a jar, and in it um, I put some sugar, uh, a, some Solomon seal root, eucalyptus leaves. I pasted their photo on the outside of the jar so all the goodness was inside of them. And then I placed my door key in the top of the jar at the top. And every day I would turn that key and I would pray for swift release but also that he would conquer his demons while in jail and be of help and use to those around him to help them do the same. And um, it was very gratifying when he got out and um, and was really a changed man. Um, so those are the two spells that you can do with um, door keys and uh, the power of your will. Um, and I hope you will try them. Wow. That's a that's a fantastic one and I'm going to say I've got a couple of variants of these myself. 
the vinegar one, um, the ammonia, red pepper, that one is classic. I have mm-hmm. a different sugar variant. I'm going to tell you about that one from, that I have used with clients. Uh, take a bowl, um, uh, line it with coins, just, you know, fabulous, wonderful, whatever coins you got. Pour sugar on top of the coins. Set the um, skeleton key in the sugar and turn it every day to get a raise, to get a promotion. Okay. <laughs> Love it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Any other variants that anyone has? How about you, Ollie? Yeah, I use a, a similar one for a job getting uh, or promotion, like you mentioned, and you turn it once. But mine includes bay leaves um, arrayed around the key like a sundial, almost. Mm. And I place one at the at noon. I place one at three, one at six, and one at nine o'clock. And I turn the key at to each one of the bay leaves. And each one of the Baileys has um, a petition written on it with a small command. Pay me, give me way, something like that. So I turn it to each pay Baileys. Wow. That's, That's wonderful. Great. Yeah. Now, writing on leaves like this is a whole other topic, which someday we're just going to have the show on writing on leaves. <laughs> but this isn't that show. But but remember this, that he said these little two-word petitions yep. written on the leaves. Um, yes. And um, and so you, he's turning it like a clock. Mm-hmm. Okay? Nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give you another one, if I, if I got a minute here. Um, if you want to um, use uh, the sugar, again, the idea of the key and the sugar, you can also use that with love um it like a honey jar and um you know i don't like honey for keys because it's all sticky poo i just don't care for it so i make a sugar jar so you can make a sugar jar in the bottom of that sugar jar you can put a little packet in which you can use the person's uh, paper a picture rather and their name to fold the packet and then inside it put their hair or their fingernail clippings or something and put sugar over that and put the key in and um and turn that key to open the the door to love that's what i call it and so same kind of thing so it would mm-hmm. be a love packet um a photo packet i guess you could call it and uh personal concern caught top it up with sugar and then you're going to every day and i keep it closed because i get ants in my house so i have a like a little canning jar a little wide mouth canning jar and i take off the lid um touch my uh tongue with my finger touch the sugar with my finger, get a little bit on my tongue again, and then say, is sugar sweet to me? So he'll be sweet to me, and then turn the key. And I say, mm. now let us open the door to love. Okay? Oh, that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. This key work is also really great if you're ever feeling like things are just blocked and not going your way. It's a good way of kind of thinking it in terms of road opening. If things are not going well, you turn that key bit by bit, opening that door until everything is clear to you. Mm-hmm. It's also a very good way to hide a talisman of some sort because everybody's got a key ring. Um, mm, yeah. And I'm very partial to the to the brass master lock keys with the lion and the word master on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those just are perfect to wear around your neck or um, on your keychain. And they really like protection oil and master key oil and bam bam oil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All 
righty. Wow. Well, there's a million ways to use keys. I'm going to give you one more real quick. If you have a key, dress it with road opener oil and put it on your keychain with your regular keys. Use the skeleton key, and that's to open your roads. Okay? Uh, there's a bunch of them. Someone should probably write a whole book called Key Spells for the Millions. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to um, turn this over to Papa Newt, and he's going to give us our closing announcement. And at the end of that announcement, as we do every week, we're going to all come back and say goodbye in our each several and own individual ways. Thank you, Miss Cat and Contraman Ali, and thank you, Deacon Millet of FourAlters.org in the high desert of California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers will be Miss Michael of HoodooGoundry.com in Willits, California, bringing us the topic on political magic and new thought principles. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Contraband Ali at thecontraband.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Pop News, joining you from popnews.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Block Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archives via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strain of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. You're welcome. And thank you all for being here with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Conjurman Ollie. Always a now, pleasure to be here. Yeah. Now, all of y'all, if you don't already be part of the Lucky Mojo Forum, we're working on it daily to make it better for you. I know y'all are getting tired of me saying this, but guys, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> I want to thank everybody in the chat room. You've all been wonderful. Uh, Reverend Dr. Sweet, Sterling Winter, Cali Mojo Girl, Alchemical Artisans Hour, Angela L., and a bunch of guests who we only know by their numbers and um we'll see you all next week goodbye good night bye bye adios bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>